Hello there, it's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever, the only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with my name, Conrad, and with me as always, he lives his life a quarter mile at a time. That's right, it's Anthony James. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> Anthony, La Familia, how the devil are you? Not bad. You know what I would love, though? What's that? Ten second car. Ten second car. Two oh. second car. No, this is a, sorry. We're in Fast Nine now. It's a two second car now. Uh, yeah, the like the 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 speed and the distance travelled is has ramped up uh, a fair bit since the the heady days of the Fast and the Furious. And I can say that because I spent last weekend in the, the space of about forty hours watching every single Fast and the Furious movie, uh, <laughs> so that so that we could come to you today and discuss Fast Nine. That's right. That's what we're going to be talking about. Um, it was an effort. It was an effort to do yeah. that. All right. I just want you to know, between you and me, that was some work. But it's not just that. Um, we've got obviously some excellent, uh, some excellent features coming up for you, including your favourite of mine. It's back to the feature. Um, yep. If you get it this week, I'll give you the money myself. Uh, honestly, like it's. <laughs> I'll give you the money myself. <laughs> <laughs> That was always it, it, my favorite game show host line. Yeah, I, I there is no no money will be changing hands, but I love that line, so I'm going to keep keep using it <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll try and bring it back as a catchphrase, hopefully. Um, and uh, we got some interesting news to talk about as well. Uh, we got Quentin Tarantino putting his foot in it once again and reigniting the debate about his treatment of Bruce Lee in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, some news about last night in Soho, and there's another thing as well. Oh, some Independence Day talk as well after that cropped up in back oh. to the feature last week. But without further ado. I say, let's talk about some gosh darn movies. Let's do it. Movies. Some of them have been delayed. Unfortunately, one of those is Last Night in Soho, uh, which, Mm. if you remember, two... Edgar Wright? weeks ago yeah edgar wright Mm -hmm. um we were talking about how the weekend of the 22nd of october may well kill me because uh of the number of amazing or potentially amazing films that are releasing on it well the gods have answered us the gods have heard up edgar wright was listening edgar wright was listening and said you don't want fine all right fair enough um so as if in kind of a domino sequence uh last night in soho has been delayed by a single week to the 29th Mm. of uh october which means that that the 22nd might still kill me because it's still Jackass 4, uh, Dune, and um, the French French Dispatch. But mm-hmm. at least this is out of the way. So it means we've got a lovely two-weekend double punch coming up there. So it's a it's a Halloween release now. I wonder if it's... I guess it I is. I wonder if that, if that implies it's spooky in it does, some way. It, from what I've seen of it, which admittedly isn't very much, it does look a little spooky. It's certainly got atmospheric mm. lighting. And Anya Taylor-Joy, you never know what you're going to get with her. She, she's she got one of those faces where it's like, she could be in a period piece, she could be in a slasher movie. It, she's just got one of those she, faces. She should have been the lead in the village, really. She should have been. Oh. Would have made that twist perfect. Oh, imagine. Well, oh, well, I do, I do love Bryce Dallas Howard, though. But yeah, remake the village with Anya Taylor Joy. That's the, that's what the people want. M Night. It's basically the witch, just with a twist ending. Oh, I'm not sure. Mm, okay, <laughs> fans of the witch, don't write into me. Write into Anthony. Um, I like the witch. I like the witch. Well, clearly not that much because you just compared. No, to I'm the saying village. in terms of the period, oh, Conrad. Oh, right. In terms of the period, the okay. period piece. Well, and you could actually say the witch has a has a twist ending too. I will say actually. Uh, yeah, I guess you can kind of see. It's it almost coming. a twist. It's almost a twist because it's not a twist. One you of know those what I mean? Shyamalan twists. 
Yeah, you're actually expecting like a, a sort of a, a twist in that film, but it doesn't come, no. and it just keeps going down the road. It goes, and it's like, oh, actually, this is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes in a it goes in a dark direction that you can kind of see coming, and you maybe you're hoping it doesn't go in that direction, and then it does. It's a good movie for well like for it. many reasons, but that's one of them. Um, other in other parts of the news sphere um there was some interesting stuff that came out this week which i wanted to talk about to do with independence day because uh it came up and back Mm. to the feature last week um obviously because we've just gone past the fourth of july which is when them their americans uh kicked off kicked off and 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 formed their own country and good luck with that to them well they chose the day it's a bit like it's a bit like uh, jesus's birthday it's just it's a it's a it's a a date chosen yeah yeah it was it was well before that that they decided some some people from america are gonna come in and say actually 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 that's what i um, want i'm i'm pretty sure the declaration of independence was not signed on the 4th of july that's what i'm alluding to maybe something Maybe something big happened on the 4th of July, but I, I'm pretty sure the uh, Declaration of Independence was not signed on that day. Yeah, I, I actually don't know what happened on the 4th of July, whether that was like the peace treaty to end the War of Independence or what. But mm. uh, get in touch, yeah. let us know. It's not a history podcast, <laughs> but I always like to find these things out. Um, yeah. But uh, there was there was a very interesting um, kind of, what do they call it? Um, it's an oral history in the Hollywood Reporter, uh, that's um, from uh, Roland Emmerich, who directed it, and Dean Devlin, who was like one of the writer producers, who basically revealed mm. that at the time of uh, kind of pre-production getting started, they had to fight studio execs at 20th Century Fox, who believed that casting a black man would kill the international box office of um, of uh, Independence Day. Uh, just to remind you all, it earned eight hundred seventeen million dollars <laughs> globally, so uh, it didn't do that. Um, but I, I think it just bears mentioning that once again, people in charge of movie studios rarely know what actually goes into making a good or popular movie. Well, that's yeah, exactly. And we've talked, we've actually even alluded to it before. Like these people are just in the wrong generation. Like the, it's really bad that it takes them that long to sort of get to the top. Yeah. And then by the time they get there, they're out of the loop. It was, I mean? it was, and like it wasn't like he was an unknown quantity. This was post Bad Boys. Like you know, he'd been in a movie mm-hmm. before and that had done very well. Eight hundred seventeen million dollars. That's how wrong they were about. It. I don't even like Independence Day. I think it's a bad movie, but. It made well, its to money. Give a bit of credit. I mean, they won eight hundred seventeen million dollars. I'm sure they assumed it was going to make a couple of hundred million. Uh, well, I mean, not with him. In so charge. there were six hundred. We'll say there were six hundred million wrong. Okay, yeah, fair enough. They didn't like, think it yeah. was going to get zero. Come no. on, Brad. <laughs> I mean, it might have done. <laughs> I'll tell you who made some money on Independence Day though, and that is Randy Quaid, who revealed in the same oral history that apparently he was gambling in a bunch of casinos in Utah while they were shooting, which sounds like the kind of thing Randy Quaid would do. Was he walking into the casino like every night, going "I'm back"? Great. A great, a great joke that references the movie we're talking about. Let's hope so. Um, <laughs> the, the the most surprising thing about this oral history, though, which I mean, not me for six. Maybe maybe you you won't be surprised by it. But it was revealed in it that Emmerich has a movie coming out next year called Moonfall, which oh, and it is a disaster movie. Just in case the name doesn't give it yeah, away. I was going to say, is it the sequel? I mean. You know, it's called Not the actual sequel, it's called but the real sequel. Moonfall. So yeah. you know, you figure out what the disaster in that movie is going to be. I guess. Yeah, I'm. I'm, um, ge- I'm, yeah. ge- I'm going to say the moon Earth is hit falls by into the moon. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be like the moon is hit by a meteor and then shatters and bits of it rain down while the tides get all messed up. That's my guess. Okay, sort of a something similar to a little bit of a spoiler spoiler academy of the keeping the rain off holy thing. Wait, hold on. What academy of? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not even going to specify any more than that because it is. It is a huge spoiler for the show that I just was talking about uh, cryptically. 
Oh, okay. I do, well, well, I'll leave that because I don't understand. I don't understand. What Someone's going to get it. All right. Someone's well, going to get it. Get in touch. Let us know. Let me know what <laughs> what what clever point I've missed there. Um, but the main thing in the news that I wanted to talk about this week because it's something that I am quite passionate about is um, mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino is a good filmmaker. I think we can all agree about agree upon that. He mm-hmm. makes he makes very good movies for the most part. In fact, pretty much. I don't think he's made a bad movie. Jackie Brown you could argue is oh i love jackie brown yeah i'm not as big a fan of jackie brown but like it's, it's a different a different tone definitely yeah yeah it is um but uh but yeah he's a good filmmaker so when i say this i say it with love but he's put his foot in it again by going on the joe rogan podcast and kind of reigniting the debate about how he treated the character of bruce lee in once upon a time in hollywood uh basically saying and to be to his credit he did say before this uh that he didn't even want to respond to the question because he figured that's all anyone was going to talk about in the interview and as it happened Happens, mm-hmm. he did respond to the question and that is all anyone has talked about in the interview he predicted it he did yeah. predict it so you know well, i mean maybe he should have predicted the you more know. fool him really yeah to be exactly if he, if he knew it was gonna happen why'd he do it but um but i mean so the the debate kind of started with uh shannon lee bruce lee's daughter who lives in her 40s now um who at the time the movie's released in 2019 basically didn't didn't like um the way it treated bruce lee um i think the the core of her problem or for those of you who haven't seen it there's a mo- there's a scene in in once upon a time in hollywood where um brad pitt's character a stuntman uh essentially fights bruce lee in a parking lot and kind of humiliates him like throws him against a car and, and shows him up for a fraud and um bruce lee's daughter in response to it uh said and i quote they didn't need to treat him like white hollywood did when he was alive in that movie mm-hmm. um which you know i can definitely see the point um and um I think the movie itself, I'm interested to get your take on this, Anthony, because the movie itself is obviously supposed to be like a Hollywood tall tale. It's not supposed yeah. to be fact. Um, you know, not, very little of what the movie depicts is reality. Um, and, and and that kind of feeds into the fantasy that it's creating. But I do think like the optics of a white guy humiliating one of the most important non-white movie stars of all time in an era where you didn't really get non-white movie stars uh, is bad. Uh, I thought it at the time, and it doesn't really add anything to the movie either, I think, or it doesn't add anything that significant to the movie. Yeah, it was literally just done for to, for, for jokes. Literally, yeah. that's all it was. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I laughed at the jokes. I oh, I mean, funny, I did too, but yeah. I would have laughed at the jokes even if it wasn't Bruce Lee, let's be yeah. honest. It didn't have to be Bruce Lee. Um, but, uh, but I think that, to be honest with you, it's a shame because we, we were talking about before we went on, and we're not going to talk about this film too much, but... Um, after the stellar job they did of portraying the fantastic man P.T. Barnum, I'm really surprised at Hollywood here. I really am. <laughs> uh, because they they generally get it right in terms of representation. Yep. P.T. Barnum nailed in The Greatest Showman. Not a single... It was a warts and all depiction of him, and they definitely didn't whitewash his character in the slightest. Yeah, um, no, I, 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 think, I think I personally, to be honest with you, had no idea that this would have been, was even controversial. Because whenever I'm, I'm just... A, I'm, I, I bought into the narrative that... I, like this actually makes it even worse, Conrad, because I actually thought to myself, having watched the film, and this actually maybe shows why it is so diff- so difficult when he shouldn't have done it, is because I left that film thinking, oh, there must have been a little um, reputation of Bruce Lee of being a bit of a dick. Well, you know? I mean, it's interesting that you say that, actually, because, so, uh, to, to, to quote what, what um, Tarantino has said in the Joe Rogan podcast, he basically says he understands why Bruce Lee's daughter got upset about it because it's her father, but he said everyone else can go suck a dick, which is, you know, very, literally said that, which is a very Tarantino yeah, yeah. thing to say. But um, 
it's interesting that you mention it, like, you know, leaving you with an impression that, that maybe uh, there were some some rumours around Bruce Lee because um, Tarantino, like, literally claimed that the representation was based on fact, citing uh, the biographer of Bruce Lee, a guy called Matthew Polly, who uh, says, uh, w- when he says that stuntmen hated working with Lee um, and he had disrespect for them. But the, that biographer himself has actually said that Lee was very famous for being considerate uh, to everyone on film sets. Now, I haven't read the biography, but when the person who wrote it is saying, no, 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 that's not i don't know how you're getting that impression from Mm. this um it does seem that tarantino grasped the wrong end of the stick and the the, really the reason i wanted to talk about this was because Mm. i have i have a difficult relationship with quentin tarantino when it comes to his representation of what he grew up watching versus exploitation of what he grew up watching um so there's a rich tradition in hollywood of uh movie execs exploiting lee's legacy kind of posthumously which tarantino is 100 percent aware of um Mm -hmm. and I get that he makes movies referencing the stuff he grew up watching, which I think is, you know, fine. Most most filmmakers do that to some extent, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, which happened in his case to be a lot of like black exploitation and martial arts movies. But he also I'll be interested to see your take on this, but I always feel like Tarantino he 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 seems to take some pleasure in casting himself as the white racist in a lot of his movies and it yeah. often comes across to me as like he's giving himself a pass to use very racist language because he thinks it's funny which i don't know like when 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 you view like that repeated behavior and stuff like django and in and pulp fiction i'm sure there's another one i'm forgetting about and then look at how he treats like lee's character and once upon a time in mm-hmm. hollywood it's like I don't think you take this as seriously as maybe you should for someone who grew up watching these movies. Yeah, and that's I think in the past there's been some accusations of sort of maybe racism towards him. I don't mm. know if we can even say that word on YouTube. I think I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but there's accusations of racism towards yeah. him, and I think more um, Samuel L. Jackson has come out uh, more than one time and said, you know, like he's not racist or this sort of thing. I know him very personally. Um, the thing is, though, is that I think. There's a conversation to be had there whenever he does seem to take it so like non-seriously. Yeah. I think I think I think that um it is interesting because I remember watching an episode of a TV show where there was a very clear it was set in like sixties and there was there was uh there was uh, black people trying to go in and have dinner in a diner and they were told to get out and then the whole town sort of went against them and everything. And I remember watching that and thinking to myself, I would hate to play that diner owner, that white diner owner. Mm. That would be so awkward. Yeah. I would hate to be the person who had to say those words, even though I know it's probably good that it's shown on TV yeah. in, in that context. I would hate to be the actor who had to do it because I would feel so uncomfortable having these... You never know, like, maybe the black actors are actually going to get a bit of trauma from it because they're relive. You never know. I'd just be overthinking the whole thing and I would be. I would feel really uncomfortable. But he slips into it. And yeah. it's like, and that isn't I'm, like there's no accusations being made here, but he does slip into it really, really easily. Yeah. And he writes the scripts. Um, he writes the scripts, and I was actually it's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking to myself, is his thoughts of how that uh, stunt coordinator uh, talked about Bruce Lee actually just showing his confirmation bias? Does he mm. have like a cognitive bias towards seeing certain people as dickheads? Like that's how I, you know. Yeah, I, I think. <sighs> I mean, I don't know him. I don't. I don't necessarily want to stick up for him. But the impression I get with him is that he is so in the weeds of the kind of subgenres that he is used to making films that are referential of that he doesn't see it as his responsibility as an artist mm. to engage with the wider debate about, you know, 
why did black exploitation have to exist? Why was it called black exploitation? Well, the answer is Hollywood wasn't letting black people make movies in so they they went and made their own movies and you know they were they were schlocky and they were low budget but they became very very popular. Um and, and now he's taken them. Yeah, and he kind of takes the style and the tone of those and he does it really well, but mm-hmm. I think at some point he has I'm not going to go so far as to say a responsibility, but it it would be nice to see him have some forethought for how he treats uh, people of colour or characters um, of colour in his movies. And the Bruce Lee one isn't the worst example. For me, the worst example is his character in Pulp Fiction, where he is a nothing character, but he just drops Mm -hmm. a bunch of racial epithets for no reason other than because he seems to want to do it but um but yeah. i thought it was it was interesting to that it's come back up again and i think something that's worth um not criticizing him over but certainly you know reminding him mm-hmm. of from time to time because he's a good filmmaker and he can do better i think yeah i just want to, yeah i'll just go on the record as, as well and say that i fucking love once upon a time in hollywood oh i do too it's a great movie <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love a lot of his movies um and i think he, you know he is respectful of a lot of the material that he's adapting it's just a shame that there seems to be this kind of blind spot for him creatively Mm -hmm. where he either doesn't want to or isn't able to see why he might be better served taking it a little bit more seriously and i have been personally slighted by him too because he did play an australian in django unchained i think he was Um, we've had this discussion before mining company i I read the script conrad i I think he was playing it south african though because he he's okay well in the script he was an australian in the script well he went and off. Did you know that he did, went off did you know that he he originally wasn't going to be that character? Originally Joseph Gordon-Levitt was cast as that character. Oh, wow. I can see why he didn't play it. Uh, <laughs> like you don't want yeah, yeah. you don't want, so don't he, want that on your resume. He got he pulled out for whatever reason, but uh <laughs> I actually I actually read the script of Django Unchained a year and a half before it came out. It was it was leaked online. I yeah. It. It's I mean it's it's a great movie as well. And and yeah. <laughs> Another in a in a rich tradition of Quentin Tarantino playing a racist. Um, but that's enough of that. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, I, I, it's worth mentioning. But now we we've got we're heading into into more more fun pastures. Let's say as uh, <laughs> uh, uh, well. I mean, actually, I don't want to I don't want to oversell this. I do not like this movie that we're about to we're about to to okay. to, to guess here. But without further ado, yes, that's right. You of course you've guessed it at home. It's your favorite and mine. It's Back to the feature! That's right, it's back again. Don't call it a comeback. You, you literally can't because it was here last week. It is <laughs> Back to the Feature, the exciting game show segment where I have selected a movie from 25 years ago today. Anthony has five opportunities to guess the name of the movie. He will hear five clues. Each clue he hears will reduce his score by one point. And of course, please play along at home. Anthony, are you ready <laughs> to play Back to the Feature? I'm ready. As I said, if you get this, phew, holy moly! Even from the fifth clue, you don't think I'll get it? I'd be, I'd be honestly would be impressed. The the fifth clue okay. is I made the fifth clue as obvious as I possibly could on this because I was like, there's no way he's getting it. But who knows? Okay. Who knows? <laughs> okay, okay. But the fact that you don't like the film makes me think that at least it will be recognizable. Yeah, arguable. Once I hear it, arguable. you know what I mean? <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, let, okay. let's let's find out. So, clue one. This movie was released on the same day as Independence Day. So, this is technically two movies that are like quite close to each other we've done this week. Okay, okay. Um, That's right. With both movies featuring Brent Spinner, uh, who was Data in Star Trek. So, in Independence Day, he was the long grey-haired scientist man. Oh. 
I didn't know that actually. I, that, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. David. Um, right. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that's the. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. I just wanted to say it. I can't. I, know, know, I can never remember that guy's name. But he's, he's got a <laughs> great know. voice. I know. I just wanted. To I gotta call um, my mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's an awful impression. I'm sorry. Uh, right. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna get this based on that. Um, data is in it. Yep. That makes me think it might be something space themed. Galaxy Quest. I'm gonna guess. It's not Galaxy Quest. Lovely, lovely <laughs> mention. Lovely mention. The the probably the best film in the Tim Allen. Um, yeah, there's no way you don't like Galaxy Quest. Is another thing. There's, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, well, actually, yeah, obviously, Toy Story. But in the in the live action Tim Allen mm-hmm. oeuvre, I'll say like, Galaxy Quest is probably the best one. Unless you're a big fan of the Santa Claus. The first, the, oh, well, I am. I've re- released a video on it before. I know. The Santa Claus one is is good, but not as good as Galaxy Quest. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. Clue the second. If you didn't get it on the first one, you're not going to get it on this one. But I'll read it out anyway, and we'll see how you do. So, I've done this a bit of edi- than the first clue. I've done a bit of editorializing in this one as well. I do apologize. I couldn't keep my opinions to myself. Somehow right. this movie earned 152 million dollars at the box office. It earned 152 million even though it came out the same day as Independence Day. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. Um I really have no idea to be honest with you at this point. Um I didn't follow the career of Data very closely. <laughs> no, um he wasn't he wasn't like a main character. I'll give you that for free. Okay, okay, he wasn't a main character. All right, well, I'm not going to get it then. <laughs> Can you imagine if I actually knew that guy and I, I followed him really followed well? Followed the career honestly. of Brent Spinner with great interest, yeah. Part of me thinks it's an anim- animated film. Uh, I don't think you would have that much of a dislike to an animated film. Um, so, same day as Independence Day. Interesting. Summer, summer film. Uh, I honestly don't know. Um, I can't even... I don't know. Bloody hell. Uh... <laughs> 96, July 96. I'm struggling here, to be honest with you. Even having, even having a guess off the top of my head. You know when you're under pressure, you can't think of anything? Yeah. Um, think of a, thinking of a genre. We can, take a, we can take a pass. Sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever actually seen that, but it is not Sleeping Julia with Roberts. the Enemy. Julia Roberts running away from her domestic abuse, uh, domestic violent uh, partner, who has a fantastic mustache. Okay. But uh, he he also it also is the film which the the music video for Brown Eyed Girl. Hey, oh. where did we go? Great, a lovely song. Despite what Van Morrison might think of it, um, Van Morrison is a bastard. Yeah, Van Morrison is a grumpy old man, and you should not listen to his thoughts on anything. Uh, he's from Northern Ireland, though, and my uh, my my parents-in-law went to a concert of his one time, and he did the whole concert with his back to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, just a miserable old man in his home con- his home country. <laughs> All right, clue the third. This we might get up and running here. Who knows? I don't think you'll know who this is, but maybe you will. Director okay. John Turtletaub directed. <clears throat> He directed Cool Runnings prior to this and would go on to make the Jason Statham shark movie, The Meg. I was, I was stunned by this. Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings and The Meg. Uh, I do uh, like Cool Runnings. I do as well. John Candy. I, I, ironically, The Meg rhymes with egg and in Cool Runnings, there's a lucky egg. Um, yep. Sanka, Sanka, you dead? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so... 
That really doesn't tell me anything in, t- in terms of genre. <laughs> I've given you Brent Spinner, I've given you John Turtletaub, what more do you need? I uh, know, what, what more do I need? Like, Turtletaub. Um, Jeez. Uh, okay, this is not it, because it's way too late, but we'll say... Um... <laughs> I want. I was gonna guess something there, but like I know it's made in the '80s, so there's like really no point in guessing. Um, Home Alone two. That's not the one I was gonna guess. I know that's you know. Lost in New Home York. Alone two. This is definitely not released in the July. Let's say <laughs> no, that. No, it wasn't. No, no, yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's it was a Christmas. Christmas I think they're both. They're both Christmas movies, right? Yeah, well, they go away for Christmas. Uh, it is not Home Alone two. Lost in New York, but a lovely, a lovely mention for a movie. I'm just saying what's coming to my head at this point. Like, Turtle Taub, never, I didn't know his name. It's the first Donald Trump mention on this podcast, I think, or, or a Donald Trump adjacent uh, movie. That's true. That's true. Which is knocks it down a few stars in my book. Um, Sad. Yes, very much so. <laughs> okay, clue four. This is the second time that John Travolta had appeared in a movie where the main character had telekinetic powers. The first being Brian De Palma's Carrie. Telekinetic powers. <laughs> You're not gonna get this. It's the only one. It was the only one I could choose from. I didn't have any other choices. John Travolta with telekinetic powers, and it made over a hundred million. Yep. That should tell you Tur- how bad this movie is. That it made that much money, and it has just been forgotten. Oh my god! There's there's absolutely no chance of me getting this. Um. All the John Travolta films from around that time are popping into my head. On un- <laughs> have no, ch- there's no chance he's got telekinetic powers in them. <laughs> or <Well>, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> he might. No, have. it's not that one. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Get Shorty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe. It's been. I will admit, it's been a while since I've seen Get Shorty. I don't believe he had telekinetic powers in that. Um, but it, it is not Get Shorty. It's a great guess. Okay, last clue. If, if you, uh, as I said, if you get it on this, I'll give you the money myself because it's oh, it, it's a hard one. I, I can only apologise. It's all I had to choose from. Travolta would follow this movie by playing an angel in Michael, also in 1996. So in one year he played a, he played an angel and a character with telekinetic abilities. Well, that that doesn't help me with this film at all. Uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It was mainly that that was it was mainly to tell you that this wasn't that. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I didn't even know. But that if you didn't know what if you didn't know what Michael was, it doesn't help you at all. Michael is worse than this movie. I will say that much, but only by a little bit. <sighs> telekinetic powers. <laughs> John Travolta is John Travolta. Can I ask you a question just here? Because we're on the last one, yeah. right? Can I ask you a question? You can ask. A is question. John Travolta the star of this film? Yes. All right. Well, I'm not going to get it then. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally not going to get it. Um, uh, I haven't had a zero point since the very first yep. week, and this is going to be my next, my second zero points. It's all right. Okay. You got to pick yourself back up after this. Yeah, I'll get my five points eventually. Um, what could I even guess? It's... Um, <laughs> I was going to say what women, what women want there for the, just a joke. But, um, 
kind of telekinetic. It's not really, you know, that, I know that's Mel Gibson, like, but you know, um, could have been Mel Gibson before his face, his face reconstructive surgery, because he did have that. Did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, because he was, he was, uh, Mel Gibson was, um. Not that I'm advocating Mel Gibson, like, but but he was he was attacked when he was a teenager or something like that, and he had to get facial reconstructive surgery. Okay. Um, um, uh, I honestly don't know. Let's just go for my 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 joke guess would have Uncle Buck. Let's go Uncle Buck. <laughs> <laughs> Great film. I'm referencing the Back to the Feature computer. <laughs> It is not Uncle Buck. Oh. I'm sorry to say that that's a, that's a zero pointer. I've entered it in. It is, of Damn. course, the smash hit of the summer. It is John Travolta's Phenomenon, a movie oh, where ne- he plays. Yeah, never, I've never heard of it. Play, he plays. I'll tell you a little bit about it because I suspected mm. you might not have. Uh, he plays regular Joe George Malley, who sees a bright light in the sky and discovers that he has telekinetic abilities afterwards. And it's it's actually, you know, not that far away in terms of kind of plot device setup and um, an actual plot to what women want. Less comedy than what women want. But it's the same kind of thing where it's like, oh, I've had an accident. And then it's suddenly yeah. like, I'm super smart. And I, I'm, I'm having this, this uh, interview with these people where I can, you know, answer all these difficult questions. It's not a good. So that's movie. sort of a half, a half point. No. Half point there. We don't oh. half points are for cowards. Like we don't do that on the on the, <laughs> on the John. I know. Come on. Well, I mean, Gibraltar. I've get, I mean, you can complain about it, but I've given you one there because when Michael comes up later in the year, I'll say, <laughs> yeah. like, if you remember, <laughs> yeah, 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 you remember that's that true. one. You've got a five <laughs> yeah, pointer yeah. in the bag there. Um, and next time John Travolta's name comes up, Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how funny! If that comes up and you, and you mention John Travolta's name in the first clue. Oh my god! I might do Seems. it. I might do it to balance this one out because I had no other choice than this one. There was a there was a dearth. I suspect actually what happened with this is that everything got out of the way of Independence Day, so there was like a two yeah. week gap where it's just like we're not releasing a movie around this because because this is gonna this is making like eight hundred million dollars. No one's gonna see anything else. To be honest with you, Conrad, like I'm, I'm happy with that because now I know about this crazy film that I might watch one day. I, it's broadening my horizons. Absolutely, you know. The, yeah. I mean, it made that much money. It's got to be good. That's how it works. It's got that. That's that is how it works. It's got a six point four on IMDb. So make of that what you will. But um, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna do it for this segment. I, I'm gonna move out of it with like a kind of funereal dirge of a mood because no one <laughs> should be subjected to John Travolta's phenomenon, and. Phenomenal, phenomenal. And then I'm, yeah, yeah, I almost did that. I almost did it and I decided against it. Um, but now, of course, what I'm going to do, we're in a funeral dirge mode and I'm going to crank it into third gear, hit the NOS, because we're going to talk about the Night Fast and the Furious movie, the return of Justin Lin to the franchise, F9. Um, but that's what they called it. So, okay. Anthony, let's, we, we need, we need to do a, uh, we need to do a credibility check as, as we did last week. Um, you haven't seen like golf. Yeah, yeah. The, the lower score you have, the more credibility you've yeah, got. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, how do I? I'm trying to think how to phrase this in a way that that makes sense. Now, I'm just not going to do it. How many of these movies have you seen prior to this? Have you seen any of them? Of what you mean of the ten Fast and the Furious the films, 10. not nine. Was, yes, exactly. Because um, there's Hobbs and Shaw. Yep. I have seen Fast and Furious, The Fast and the, the Furious. Yeah, okay, you got to call it The Fast and the Furious because there's another one yeah. called Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen Too Fast, Too Furious. Nice. And that, let me tell you, that was pretty fast. Like, yeah, yeah. And and then I saw Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. 
They're the only three I had seen before this. Okay. So Conrad and I had spoken very briefly before we started. I, I've only seen them when they were still focusing on like kitted out cars, yeah. talking about the NOS, talking about the injection systems, focusing on basically mechanics who drive cars. Yeah. Uh, it very quickly went away from that, so, yeah. I, as I understand now, because I've seen the ninth one. So, so <laughs> that leads me quite naturally into my first... So from my point of view, I'd, I'd seen the first three. I'd never seen the others. So I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything important this weekend. Let's watch every single one of these so I understand where we're going. And I saw the gradual shift from where it starts to where it ends up. From your mm. point of view, this is essentially been turned from a series about a street gang stealing Toshiba Electronics into yeah. Vin Diesel is essentially a superhero who stops international terrorism. How did you feel about that shift? This is this is something, Conrad, which I was not expecting. <laughs> I knew it was still going to be about cars. I knew it was still ah. going to be about, like, you know... Yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah. I knew it was going to be about trying to stop someone or trying to heist or something, right? But what I wasn't expecting is that this was literally a superhero film. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's not even... It's, it, it, I, I mean... Okay, I mean, I would, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go into go into this now. So, it is a, it is a literal superhero movie. This, like, they yeah. they've been kind of going this way since. So, so the first, the first four movies, uh, or actually less so the fourth one. The, the first three movies are kind of just car movies. The second one is stupid in a kind of very broish kind of way, but it's still mainly about cars. I mean, they're trying to stop a drug dealer or catch a drug Whoa, dealer. Pierce. Yeah, played yeah. played by Cole Hauser, a white man. Um, <laughs> just to point that out, playing an Argentinian. Just, just and then to- Oh no, I'm talking about Roman Pierce played oh, by Oh sorry, uh, Roman Pierce um as in uh, Tyrese Gibson. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah I'm he, tra- wasn't he the model in the toxic Britney Spears video? Maybe. I spent a while driving the, motor- driving, driving the motorbike. Yeah, so Roman Pierce, yeah. excuse me, is Tyrese Gibson's character. I, I, I've got a yep. lot of names in my head. But then the third one is when it starts to get a bit stupid. The fourth one, they try to kind of reinvent it and ground it. But even in that, they're going after drug dealers. And then from the fifth onwards, it's just this escalating nightmare of of superhero <laughs> action. Um, so, I mean... We are we are going to do non-spoilers, Conrad, for the first bit, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're doing non-spoilers. We're not talking yeah. too much like about about uh, about what actually what actually is happening in it. Um, yeah, okay. So yeah, I mean, how did how did that strike you seeing characters performing literal superhuman feats? It was absolutely. I'm gonna be honest with you, exhilarating. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I I really was not expecting this film to be what it was like. Yeah. Um, I was I was completely blown away. Whenever it like within like they had a whole they had like a three minute intro at the beginning about like the backstory of Dom, Vin Diesel's character, yep. and his father. And then then we go to Vin Diesel, and literally within 30 seconds of being with him, he's now working for the CIA or whatever. You know, yeah. it, within 30 seconds, oh. I was like, all right, okay, we're, we're right in now. <laughs> and, and, and it just didn't stop. No. And it just kept going. It was so fast. It, 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 is, it is a fast, and one might say a furious movie franchise <laughs> at this point. Um uh, I I I'm I'm gonna collect as we talk about it and go through it and you lead me through this. I'm gonna collect my thoughts more. But oh my god, was it a change? And it was. <laughs> yeah. It's it's. I have to give them credit in a way. Like I'm not. I'm just gonna come out and say that I did not like this film. Uh, oh, okay. but I but I but I enjoyed watching it. Okay. Yeah. Um. But I but I think I I think that they have to give them credit is because they like they saw like Marvel movies changing what a blockbuster is and they were like yeah we'll do that too. Yeah, and and to be honest, it is it is impressive what they did with this series because if you watch the first four, like I think the first one, the second one, and the fourth one are the weakest in the in the in the series. 
by a long way. The third one kind of knows how stupid it is, and I, I have a bit of love for it. But from the fifth one uh, onwards, with the exception of Hobbs and Shaw, which is a separate thing that isn't very good, they find their... They they find this this kind of themselves in this arms race of ridiculous action set pieces, and they just lean into it in the most amazing yeah. way. And I, I I really enjoy these movies. I think the fifth one, the seventh one, are still the best ones. But the sixth, uh, the eighth, and and this one, I I still enjoy. Um, and I, and I think you're here for. It's it's almost they kind of are, I feel like they're kind of produced in the same way that Marvel movies are, where it's almost like this kind of factory line of mm-hmm. how like what amazing set pieces are we going to have, and how are That's we going to create about. them, and then getting to the like you know the next one is really the name of the game. Like there's not that much that's tying these together apart from very broad like oh this MacGuffin is going to give access to the defense network or something and we need to stop the bad guy from having it and and that's and 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 the bad guy's in rome now so we need to go there or whatever you know it it, there's not it doesn't have that much interest in it but i can kind of respect um how like bold-faced it is it just about just being yeah plot's not that important don't worry about it yeah, and I think I've, I've done a lot of reflection. Like, I, I'm going to be quite honest with you. I would prefer to watch the first one over this still. Oh, really? Um, and okay. I think, yeah, yeah, no, I would. And I think that's maybe nostalgia talking as well. Like, some, a lot of these films which came out around the time I was, like, 12 and 13. Yeah. It's probably literally just nostalgia talking. But I, I would prefer to watch the first one over this again, to be honest with you. Having said that, um, I was thinking about this. And while I was watching it, I was literally thinking this. You know, the the YouTuber Lindsay Ellis, she has a video where she goes and talks about that she sort of is retroactively changing her opinion on the Twilight series. Not that she's saying it's great, but she's talking about how the reason why the world shit on it so much and the reason why um, she, she, she... sort of put it at arm's length from herself was because it's a, it's something for teenage girls and yeah. as a as a as a culture the west maybe the whole world actually i'm not sure but um we we say that things teenage girls like are silly and we and, and we sort of really judge those things yeah and while watching this film i really got the impression like i was sitting there thinking this is one of the stupidest things i've ever watched in my life having said that I don't think, like, I'm sitting there thinking, like, oh, my God. Like, there was some people in the cinema who were fucking loving it. Like, yeah. you know, absolutely loving it. And, I'm, and, I, and I had that, an, uh, an impulse within me to be, like, to, to, to judge them for that. And then I thought to myself, that's just me being all high and mighty. Like, these guys know this isn't a great film. Yeah. Like, these guys who love this thing because of how stupid it is, like, you know, they are not stupid. I, I I need to get off my high horse and I just need to be saying it's just because I'm taking too much baggage into this film, whereas they're yeah. not. I think you know I, I, mean? I think like I mean that was definitely my um partially I'm gonna say my my aversion to watching it. I watched those first three when they came out, similar to you. I didn't really like them very much. And then I, I think I saw the fourth one and really didn't like it, and then I just stopped paying attention and it got to a point where I was like, the series has passed me by. There's nine of these now. I'm just never going to watch these movies. And then, God bless her, my partner was like, we should start watching these movies. And that began an odyssey this weekend where I went through all of them. And they are, they're, they're you know, they are popcorn t- uh, yeah. movies. You know, they're not that you, if you want, you know, a good acting or, or no, I'm not going to say it's bad acting, but anything above like passable acting or, interesting characterizations or any kind of themes beyond 
family is important which is literally like the only thing these kind of fall back on you're just not going to get that from these movies and it's kind of in a way it's kind of pointless like approaching them expecting anything else but if you can meet them on their terms i think there is stuff for you here um and Mm. and i think i did enjoy this i think uh, so the, the 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 big like change in this one we've had uh, in the previous previous uh four movies so in six uh the rock was uh was the antagonist not really a bad guy yeah, see was... i haven't seen any of the, the rock in it so yeah. the rock the rock wasn't in this one and i completely missed his whole little part in the film um, oh five sorry so yeah so the rock is kind of heralded as like the franchise saver because it was really in the doldrums after four no one really likes four and then five came along and it is this amazing ho- heist movie directed by justin lynn who directed this um and um and the rock plays uh, i've forgotten his name now which is awful uh hobbs lucas hobbs um it plays this cop who's like pursuing them basically and unlike uh paul walker's character um he uh, brian o'connor i think i've got all of these names have like been cemented in my the, the my frontal lobe in the last like week so they're all like jumbling around for space but um <laughs> yeah. but unlike brian o'connor he is very certain that he is a cop and then he becomes kind of a sort of good guy in the sixth movie and then very much a good guy in the seventh movie and it, but in the sixth movie we've got luke evans as the villain who's a very good actor um in the seventh movie we've got jason statham as as uh Sure, who is one of the best villains in the whole series, and then the eighth we got... is Jason Statham's character. Am I right in thinking this? And I saw this somewhere. Is that his the same uh, character that he plays in those Driver films? I don't I think, think so. I mean, they might there was, have, like, there was a rumored a there was a rumored scene in one film I heard. I didn't see it obviously, but it was a rumored scene where it proved that there actually was it was the same. Character. Oh, okay. I mean, it might be like a little kind of Easter eggy thing where they're like they're yeah, the same yeah. character, but not not explicitly as far okay. as I know. Okay. Um, but then the eighth movie, you've got Charlize Theron in this one. For whatever reason, there's no Jason Statham. There's no The Rock. We've got John Cena instead. How did you? Fi- I know. I know you can't judge it against those previous performances. But how did you find John Cena as a villain? Um, I thought I I thought it worked okay actually. Yeah. I, I think he. I think it worked okay. I. I I, I I liked it. Um, I think I think from the trailer we know who he is. Yeah. yeah I think we could talk about that even in the non-spoiler. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's uh, he's, he's Dom's uh, brother. He's Dom's brother, uh, which I thought was funny, to be honest with you. I forgot about that from the trailer. Um, they the just idea, haven't like, mentioned know, for like nine minutes. Yeah. Yeah, the, ninth, the ninth movie, it's like... They do explain, brother. to be fair, they do explain why he hasn't mentioned him and he's like been cast Well, out, of course, they're going to come up with some nonsense. Yeah. Like, they're going to come up with some... They're always going to come up with some nonsense as to why he's not been around. But yeah. the, it's just funny to me that he hasn't been. And uh, even and also the fact that Dom's sister's in it, so she's not mentioned him either. Um, but uh, I thought it was... I thought it was... Uh, I thought he was good. I thought he was good. I thought he was... Uh, I thought he did well. I didn't like him in this as much as I like him in comedy roles. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. But but I think I think he did. I think he did okay. What did you think about him? I, I think uh, yeah, I'm, I'm similar. Uh, I, I'm a little bit more harsh actually. I think I, I'm I'm not convinced John Cena has the chops to do anything other than comedy, which is I, I don't mean mm. it to be totally damning of him as an actor. I've really liked him in Blockers. I really liked him in um uh train wreck uh, train wreck yeah he was very funny in that so. um he, he he he's a really funny comedic actor but playing serious uh, he just particularly when you're coming into this having had the rock jason statham luke evans and Charlize theron who are all really good mm-hmm. actors or at least very charismatic actors john cena just yeah. doesn't have that same kind of charisma and i think he i think he struggles a bit here um which is which is a shame but i mean 
the, these it, it's it, i feel like these movies can be defined by their action set pieces and the strength of their villain basically and unfortunately i think one side of that kind of double act was a bit let down here he's not awful but he's not mm-hmm. great either um I had I had I had a question mm. for you here. This this is a bit of a, a narrative side or a bit of a, a questioning sidestep here, but I had to ask yeah. it because I meant to uh, mention mention it earlier. Did you at any point start to wonder why so many people in this movie were using cars to cushion their falls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah, uh, cars to cushion their falls. Um... Uh, ropes to swing across a gorge in a car. Yeah. There's one. Uh, lots of cars doing things they shouldn't yeah. be. I, I, I'm going to just go out on a limb. I don't think if someone's flying through the air, you can catch them on a car bonnet. No. It's not, not like a, it's it's, not a baseball mitt. It's a rich <laughs> tradition of these movies now that at some point, like in the fifth movie, Michelle Rodriguez's character is flung from a moving tank um, and... Um, Vin Diesel is driving on the other side of like a freeway with like this big gap in between them. Michelle Rodriguez's character, the tank hits something and she's flung from it. Vin Diesel like fucking like handbrake turns it, throws himself off the hood of the vehicle, which he's also driving while he's while he's uh, while he's on the hood. Grabs her in midair, cradles her as they both smash into the 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 windshield of a stationary car, and they both get up like nothing happened. And I mean, I've never done that. (laughs) But I mean, these movies have have basically convinced me that car windshields maybe they have just very effective crumple zones that allow you to yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. allow you to impact them without taking any kind of damage. But there is a lot of that in this movie. Yeah, yeah, there is. There, like, I mean, some of the stunts in this film are incredible. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, I I like. <clears throat> I, I did. I did find myself thinking to myself, thinking honestly though, like there's moments. There's a lot of like one line quips, and there's a lot of like jokes, and there's a lot of you know, like saying cool things. And I thought to myself, if you're going to make a film that's just going to be stupid action and about family, all this sort of like really sort of lowest common denominator, but still pretty entertaining, if lacking in quality, why why can't you actually get someone who can write funny jokes? Like I I didn't laugh once in this film and there was a lot of attempts at humor. Yeah, I, th- I think the humor in these tends to come from like the incredulity of the uh, of the action rather than for like any actual funny lines, to be honest. Tyrese yeah. is like the comic relief and he is relatively That's funny at times. But, but I didn't find him funny. I, I, I remember being a 13-year-old and finding him in Too Fast, Too Serious <laughs> funny. Yeah. But I, I, that's, to be honest with you, that's what I mean. Like The comedy hasn't advanced lines... since then. No, and his lines are the ones where they are really pushing for laughs in the dialogue. Yeah. Um, the only time I laughed was literally like when a car flies across a gorge, like <laughs> yeah. basically being like a car does a Tarzan impression. Yes, when when an American American muscle modded low riding car trying to be inconspicuous is on a cobble street in Edinburgh, yeah. that gets a laugh out of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So okay, we'll we'll go back to that in a second, then, because I do want to discuss the set pieces. But ju- just as uh, before we get into spoilers, uh, the general plot of there's a MacGuffin. It controls Ares, which is this thing that can like hack into every weapon system in the world. Did you did you did you like <laughs> even slingshots in the in the school yeah, playground? Anything, anything, they'll get it. Um, did that like hook you at all? I mean, it's a typical MacGuffin plot. It feels w- weird even asking, but did you have any investment uh, in it? In terms it? of the plot, the plot in general, I, like films like this, I don't ever actually even think about the plot because yeah. I know what's going to happen. That's the correct way like, of thinking I, about it. I, 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 know, I know the steps, what's going to happen. Like, I, there's going to be no Shyamalan twist. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 it's just, it's set, it sets it up. 
Yeah. They they go and try and do it. They fail. They try and, you know, it, it's the exact same steps as every other film I've ever seen. Yeah. So I'm, okay. I'm not really... Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that I think that's the correct answer to that. It's, it, yeah. it, the plot is nothing it's just there to get you <laughs> yeah. to the next set piece but i think now we're gonna we're gonna have to dip into spoilers because there's some things i need to say about this movie that i can't do mm-hmm. without spoiling yeah. certain set pieces to be honest it's not really the kind of movie that you can spoil very much of because mm-hmm. the enjoyment is in the spectacle anyway but uh but yeah warning to anyone who uh wants to go and see this check out now well if- the, the thing is the first thing we'll say in the spoilers then is that it's not just about the set pieces this is spoiler i will remind you it's also about the reveals because every single, like maybe 50% of the lines in this film reveal something. Someone's not dead. Someone uh, is re- misrepresenting their past. Yeah. Someone's lying. So, Someone, you know. The, 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 the class, the absolute classic, well, this isn't quite that, but like I always joke about how any exposition film uh, scene in this film is basically how do we get to the next action scene and literally yeah. every single one ends with someone proposing a, a problem and then someone proposing a ridiculous solution to that problem being like what are we going to do fly a ship into space and then another character going it just my work and then cuts to the next <laughs> cuts to the next scene that's literally every exposition scene in this entire series and it just it like because there are no rules there's no rules so like so yes a car goes to space in this movie like it's it's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. and that's that when I say that a car goes to space in this movie, <laughs> that's not even the most to me. That's not the most ridiculous thing about that sequence because they, you know they strap a rocket to a shit uh, to a to a, I don't know why it has to be a car. They strap a rocket to a car that Tyrese and Ludacris <laughs> are piloting, and they need to go and mess with a satellite at some point in this movie. The car, the the satellite or or the, or the the rocket ship responds to the steering wheel and the clutch for some reason. I don't understand how they got the mechanics of that working, but the dumbest part of that entire thing is that Lucas Black and Bow Wow or no, actually it's not Bow Wow it's the other guy from um, from Tokyo Drift they're just pilots in this movie they just Ludic- know how to Ludicrous. fly planes now yeah. no 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 Ludacris and Tyrese oh, are, like Lucas the Black guys, the guy from yes. Tokyo Drift is just like yeah I can just fly yeah, a, Drift, a, yeah. fly a fucking Hercules cargo plane in this it yeah. just there's yeah. nothing is explained <laughs> it's so well I think is, is that is that more unbelievable than someone who's never driven being oh able my... to perfectly uh, go like, have like a road road race like you okay know? so uh, here's what we're gonna do we're gonna go through the set pieces here because I don't yeah, I don't want to jump around too much so first off the jungle in I can't actually remember where it is it's somewhere in South America I think um they 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 get question they, they, so, sorry say that again question okay just for the jungle thing okay is this the first Fast and Furious movie to seriously play with the idea of magnets. I think it is, and that boy, they get their money's worth out of those magnets. <laughs> Holy yeah, moly, yeah. they do! They turn up in Edinburgh, and then they're back in a big way for the sequence in Tbilisi. Um, oh, th- I mean, not when that John consistent. Cena's car got sucked into a plane with magnets. <laughs> I, I, whenever he flew off the edge, they picked him up with a plane. I was honestly up to that point. Like they, they've been conscripted by the U.S. government secretly to go yeah. and like they're the only people in the world who could fix this problem. Yeah. I was like, okay, all right, this is mental. I'll go along with the ride. It's a superhero <laughs> film now. Then they did some mental stuff, like drove along a bridge uh, in a in like a really heavy car while the bridge was falling. That's yeah. how physics works. I was like, okay, that's fine. I audibly laughed in the cinema when John Cena's yeah. car drove off the edge of the cliff and was picked up by a plane with magnets on the bottom. Well, I couldn't <laughs> hold in the laughter. <laughs> okay, so yeah, to, just to to catch everyone up, the crew. <laughs> 
like Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez, Dom Toretto and Letty are retired. Then suddenly, and they're, they're retired with, with Dom's son uh, by Elena, who died in the last movie. Um, See, I don't know who that is. Elena, yeah, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Like she, For all intents and purposes, this child is Michelle Rodriguez's child now. It doesn't, uh, or yeah, Letty's child. That's what I assumed um, until I found out about some So here. they're retired on a farm because, you know, that's how you imply that people are living the simple life now. Characters turn up, say... There's been trouble. And then, you know, they're off to the races. They have to go and find Mr. Yeah. Nobody's down plane. That's Kurt Russell. Mr. Nobody's down plane. There's some fucking orb on it, or half an orb, that lets you, when combined with the other half, lets you control all the weapon systems in the world. It gets stolen by John Cena, and a chase sequence ensues. As as Anthony says, there's a moment where they're driving across a wooden <laughs> rope bridge that is collapsing underneath them. Uh, Dom Toretto, <laughs> seeing this, his natural instinct is to be like, I can fucking ramp that. And and so he hits one of the bridge posts, hooks somehow onto one of the ropes holding the bridge up, kind of swings around and lands safely um, on the other side of, of, of the ravine. Uh, also apparently like in an area where he has diplomatic immunity because the helicopter's pursuing him, just turn back at that point. Like, we can't cross. It's also, it's also after... It's, oh it's yeah, and it's after sorry. After drove... John Cena's car uh, ramps off of the the side of the ravine. Yeah, and... well, that does happen. Get picked up by a plane with magnets, but it's also after they all drove through a minefield. Yes, sorry, I forgot that bit. Yeah, they drove <laughs> they, they drive through a minefield, uh, and they're salute. They're, they're basically like ludicrous. Who in far too fast too furious? Ludicrous's character is just a guy who knows Paul Walker, knows Brian O'Connor, calls in yeah. to compete in a race. That's all he does. Like he's an organizer. By this movie, and to be honest, throughout from the fifth movie onwards, he's like a he's hacker. An he's a hacker, <laughs> astronaut, genius. Like he's able yeah. to like on the fly figure out the fuse time. <laughs> Of uh, and the radius of these mines, so that you can be like, we need to drive at like seventy-eight point five miles an hour to get out of the blast radius after hitting these mines. Um, and then they turn it into a plot device because Tyrese is driving a big like APC that can't go that fast, and there's like, just pray. Um, so and then it gets wedged between two rocks, and yes. he's like gonna fall on. And there's the landmine, and it's the biggest, most obvious. <laughs> landmine you've ever seen in your life. You might as well say Acme like- on the front of it. It's ridiculous. It looks like something that Mario needs to pound <laughs> yeah. to get a star or something, you know. Um, yeah, so um, th- then the next uh, big action set-, set piece, Edinburgh, obviously, like the, the oh, beautiful yeah. cobbled streets of Edinburgh and those electromagnets, they come back in a big way. Also, did you enjoy John Cena having the world's longest zip line sequence? Yeah. <laughs> 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 like- <laughs> Like, yeah, he, exactly. ste- he steals the second half and then ziplines out of the building to another building that he's ziplines from he's, he's to another building. Like, yeah. he just keeps ziplining. He's like, he's going to get to England in a minute if he keeps doing this. Yeah. Like, just ziplines his way out of Edinburgh. Well, are you telling me that Edinburgh isn't in England? Because yeah. <laughs> that's definitely what they were implying yeah. in the film. Yeah, they don't, they like, don't seem to no, know. no reference to anything. Like, they're talking about London, then they mentioned to Hel- Helen Mirren's in it, apparently. Yeah. So they, they <laughs> Helen Mirren is Jason Satan's mum. She plays Queenie. Come on. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, fair enough. So uh, Helen Mirren, uh, they ask her about something about Edinburgh. All of a sudden she knows, she knows everything about Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so John Cena's like, he must have left these, like... Yeah, he positioned um, zipline zip- guns zipline guns on buildings like you know <laughs> he's ziplining oh my god that was hilarious he, like, he's, he's ziplining for a good 10 minutes yeah. of the film and the, 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 I, I can never remember her name the hacker uh, lady from um, she was in Game of Thrones Melisandre. Me, yeah Melisandre in Game of Thrones um, Ramsey 
Ramsey. That's it. Yeah. Um, so she has never driven before, but through hilarious circumstances, she ends up driving a big van with an electromagnet in the back of it and has to keep up with John Cena that she's able to not only just drive it, but drive it relatively well. She just crashes into a few things and it's kind of fine. Um, yeah. This is, that's, she's an actress actually that I didn't know was in this. And apparently she's been in it since like the seventh one. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. She was a, um, she was a hacker who uh, created the God's Eye, which is um, a piece of software that lets you see through any camera in the world that they've since just kind of relegated to uh, relegated to the background. Yeah, she's she. I think she's like the English. I think this this technically Conrad. I think I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here. She's the English Margot Robbie now. Because Margot Robbie started out on ne- and on Neighbours, and now on, on the the soap opera Neighbours, now she's like a huge star. Oh, and she sat on Hollyoaks. And and, and Natalie Emmanuel was Hollyoaks. Yep. She is the she's the English Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah. Long may it continue. She she's 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 good in this, and she's she's funny. I enjoy it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean that's that Edinburgh sequence, and then um, those those electromagnets come back in Tbilisi in Georgia, where they're just fucking like. The, these magnets, they might as well be Mario Kart power-ups for how they use them. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to like like draw cars in and then pumping them up to send them flying. It's an, it is an incredible uh, When they season. literally suck the car through a shop, a whole building. They suck yeah. the car off through a whole building. Yeah. I, I was like, these magnets... Are way too powerful. Yeah, they, that would honest. take your arm off if, like, it's uh, yeah. if, if if it actually like took your watch or something. Um, yeah, I mean, the action sequences are amazing. Uh, I get, I guess, like the 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 natural place to go next then is, uh, I guess, it is still an action sequence. But in in the sort of Mister Nobody's um, secret hideout, when Vin Diesel. Uh, no, Who the fuck no, is Mr. Nobody? Mr. Nobody is <laughs> Kurt Russell, alright? For God's sake, keep up. Mr. Mr. Nobody's secret high, uh, like CIA hideout, or whatever it is he works for. Vin Diesel, um, as is tradition in one of these movies, he nobly sacrifices himself. And he literally pulls the ceiling down on chains. Like, like, yeah. like the Incredible Hulk. Like, how? It's ridiculous. Like, it just, that's... There was no need for him to, to, to not go through the, the hatch. No. Like there was there was no need for him to stop. There was no need for him to turn around. There was no need for us them to give us a full three minutes flashback as if he's gonna die yeah. and then have him be saved immediately. Like there's no need for any of this stuff. Um, but it was okay. Like you know, it <laughs> yeah. was it was it was it was all right. I will say, like we did mention it at the beginning, but it is ridiculous how much like a superhero film this is. Yeah. Like this, like they, they've got Mister Nobody as a bad guy. They've got Cipher, who's who's uh um, Theron. They've literally, they're like, they're starting to build, like, a pantheon of villains. Like, it's crazy. This is, I, I I used to say this jokingly, and I actually genuinely believe it now. Do you remember, like, the movie series The Expendables? Uh, that, yeah. Where it was, like, getting all the action heroes together into one big team. I think Fast and Furious has kind of become what The Expendables wanted to be. Um, I thought the exact same thing, I'm going to be honest with you, when I was watching this. I yeah. thought to myself, this is what Expendables wanted to be. Because yeah. Expendables was... The first one was okay, but it just it, it was never that entertaining. And this is like, yeah, you you we've got like we're, we're getting this expanding cast. And as a tradition, not to jump ahead of ourselves, but as a tradition in this movie, the bad guy will turn good at the end of the movie and join the crew. Mm-hmm. It happened to The Rock. It happened to Jason Statham. And now it's happened to John Cena at the end of this movie because it's about family and he's Dom's yeah. brother. So I expect him back in Fast Ten, which is a two-parter, by the way. Um, 
It's it, 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 is it? Yes, it's divided into parts one and two. Justin Lin is directing both of them apparently. Like the death. Hang on, wh- why? why I, 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 listen, I, I had the, I had this exact same conversation with my partner when she told me I was like, if you're, ad- I understand if you're like adapting a single book like the <laughs> Deathly Hallows and you're splitting it in half, so you'd be like Deathly Hallows yeah. part one. But the, you're writing the screenplay for this. It doesn't need to be a two part movie. <laughs> listen, I don't know. Are they implying that this is gonna be like the last one? Maybe no. Absolutely, there's no no way. Are they the the amount of move, money these movies make, there's no way they're making that the last I, one. I, 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 unironically, right? Or maybe a little ironically, but I I actually want this to go forever. Like, I would love... <laughs> like James and, Bond. And, and, yeah, and maybe it is, like, the you know, it is, like, maybe a, a terrible thing to happen to the film industry. But I think it would just be so funny if we're sitting here in 30 years with Fast and Furious 23 or something. <laughs> yeah, like, I think yeah. that would be hilarious. <laughs> like Dom Toretto. I mean, he looks old <laughs> at the moment because he's, he's like in his 50s now, Vin Diesel. But like him in like his 70s doing like a, the Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones thing where it's just like, it's about family. Um, no, it'll be Little Brian. L- little Brian will be the one. It could be Little uh, Brian. He- yeah. Little Brian is going to be the star of a Fast and Furious film one day. I'm telling you that right now. Okay. I think Little Brian is going to be there. I think that um, it'll be really interesting if in in like the 16th film, if they're still doing like the turn to the camera and smiling saying he's here now yeah. like in reference <laughs> yeah. to in reference to, to Paul Walker playing Brian. Yeah. I, 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 I thought they actually did that quite tastefully, to be honest with you. I, I actually quite liked that they... They didn't just kill him because he died in real life. Oh I yeah, actually... like the seventh movie where where he died during the filming is is legitimately very touching. Like the way and they handle his death very well. Um, I I do like the fact that he gets like those references. You know, like they they're, they're keeping him as part of the family, even if he obviously can't be in it. Yeah, no, I I think that, but it's it's just gonna be interesting if like will it. it... I'm interested to see what they will they eventually just like stop mentioning him altogether. Yeah. you know what I mean. I, well, at the moment he's relegated to babysitter duty because uh, you know, uh, like Letty and, and and Dom have a kid. They go off on this mission. Like Letty goes first, and then Dom turns up at the airport. The child isn't mentioned at this point. It's only a couple of scenes later where they're like, "Brian's got it." <laughs> like, don't worry. Brian's I know what you mean. You say what you say. Relegated for me to be honest with you. If I was given the option to swing across a gorge with my car attached to a rope, uh, jump, uh, pull chains of a ceiling down, and then almost die being drowned, uh, jump through a window on Edinburgh's, uh, you know, rooftop. How into- does no one get I hurt would- during that? <laughs> I'd probably choose to stay home and watch Disney Plus. Yeah, but that's kids, not his. That's not in his in his nature. He's an adventurous spirit. It's not who we are. Yeah, he's it's a, not who we are. He's his brother. <laughs> he's his brother, and he's just the babysitter now. Better the off-screen babysitter. But I mean, yeah, it is nice to get a mention. Um, and talking about family, um, obviously, this is the big the big reveal in this movie. So again. Spoiler warning if you're still here for some reason. Han is back. That's right. They figured out how to undo the plot point that they were always trying to work their way around from Tokyo Drift. So, Anthony, you won't know this, but obviously Han dies in... Tokyo Drift and I saw Tokyo Drift. Yeah, yeah, but but then the the later movies are actually set okay. before Tokyo Drift because Han was such a popular character that they wanted to bring him back. So 4, 5 and 6 are set before Tokyo Drift and Han is a living oh, character really? in those movies. Then in the post-credit scene of 6, it's revealed that Jason Statham killed Han and in 7 it's the post Han death and then eight obviously like seven and eight he's not in it and now in nine they found out a way to bring him back which is 
Mr. Nobody. Yeah, Mr. Nobody. Thank God. Bloody Mr. Nobody. Yeah, but it... Did Mr. Nobody die in the last one? No, Mr. Nobody is probably still alive. Like, because he was in the plane that crashed. He just wasn't around. So, which I presume means they couldn't and get Kurt And what's with Russell. Charlize Theron? Is she like the Joker or something? Like, what's with uh, her? She was the villain in the last one. She was a hacker who killed Elena, who is Vin Diesel's, or Dom Toretto's, uh, who, who was... Okay. So, Elena <laughs> is the Brazilian police officer who was working with The Rock in Fast and Furious 5 to try and catch Dom Toretto. <laughs> and Letty, Michelle Rodriguez's character, died in Fast and, Fu- Fast and Furious, which is the fourth one. Did. Um, and Dom moved on from that, eventually found a romantic involvement with Elena um, in Fast... Five, uh, well, less so. It's it's hinted at in five, but by Fast, uh, Fast and Furious six, <laughs> um, they are romantically involved. But then in Fast and Furious six, oh no, Letty's alive in Luke Evans's gang, and uh, you know that he he has to try and convince her to you know remember him because she's got amnesia as it always happens. And Elena's like, oh, oh you go, God. um, you you go, you know, get her back because you're married to her or whatever. And then in Fast, uh, Fast and Furious eight, it's revealed that Elena had a child with Dom, but didn't tell him about it because he was going back to Letty. So Elena... uh, But he was still able to name it Little Brian? Uh, no, he calls it Brian at the end of Fast Eight, I think. So change change its name. Well, no, yes, yeah, so it was. She called it by its middle name, Marcos, and uh, but but he names it at the end of the movie because she is killed by Cipher, and then Letty and Dom adopt the child and name it Little Brian after Brian O'Connor, which is Paul Walker's well, character. What was the baby's first name? It didn't have before... one. She said she called him his middle name, which uh, Elena called him his middle name, which was Marcos, and said her, your dad, his dad, should call him his give him his first name, and he called it Brian. <laughs> of course, of course. And it, all right, listen, okay. I am fucking deep in the weeds on this now. Right? <laughs> I am, You're making me want to go watch uh, more now. They're not bad. They're not bad. But I mean, yeah. Hannah, I mean, I probably would say they are bad. I, I'm like, I, I don't want anyone to leave this uh, podcast thinking that I that I love this I, series. I like these um, movies now. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not Conrad, sure to admit it. One of us has to say they don't because, like, <laughs> I haven't seen most of them. I haven't seen most of them. This film was mental like i'm not gonna lie to you it came out of nowhere i wasn't i wasn't expecting it to be a a superhero film uh it was a superhero (laughs) film yes it was uh and i i still don't know where to put that in my mind and and the thing is like a superhero film isn't it interesting that fast and furious does soup like they're nowhere near as good as the marvel films but fast and furious does superhero films better than dc at the minute i think i think i would put them up there with the marvel movies to be honest no 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 no, no way for me. I, I, uh, but, I find I... them like less. They're less like. Um... No, that's not true. I was going to say they're like they're like less kind of manufactured, but that's not true at all. I, th- I definitely. I think I'd watch a Fast and the Furious movie before like Black Widow, for instance. Well, I'm, well, we. I did watch it before Black Widow because I'm going to go see Black Widow this week, oh, okay. and I went. I went to see Fast Nine last week, so I did watch it before <laughs> Black Widow. But uh, I, I, I think I would disagree with you. I. Like to be honest with you, maybe that's as well because I I'm not a comic book reader, so therefore I just like feel like I am with the Marvel films. Yeah. Like I love watching everything because then it means I I feel like the universe is around me and everything, which you have had with comics in the past. Yeah. I never have, so I sort of have that attachment to it. There, Fast and Furious to me feels like I like I probably I probably would agree with you. Like the level of it is probably the same as like a, a low tier Marvel, probably. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I I yeah. I'd have to reflect yeah. on this and see because I like my my opinion of superhero movies really changes depend from movie to movie. Um, 
but yeah, well, we'll see. You oh, like yeah. you know when we when we get around to talking about Black Widow, maybe maybe we'll be blown away by it. But um, <laughs> yeah, any any closing thoughts then from you on either you know Fast and Furious series phenomenon, like any <laughs> anything that you want? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the one thing I actually wanted to mention was the funniest moment of the whole film for me, and it wasn't meant to be funny, but the funniest thing in the whole the whole film for me was whenever um I can't remember exactly if it was in a flashback or not, but um Dom Vin Diesel's character was was being explained or told why uh Jacob, uh John Cena's character, his brother, was um sort of jealous of him or sort of lived in his shadow. Yeah. And the first thing that they mentioned was like Dom's always been you've always been faster. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the first of the like then they went faster, you know, more fu- and then I was like more furious. Like they didn't say furious, but they were like you've always been faster. And I was like, what is this like? He's very it's fast. Like- He's a very fast driver. <laughs> that's that's like how they remind you that this movie is still ostensibly about cars. Oh, this movie series is still ostensibly about cars. Everything has like also I love like that his dad was also a racer, yep. but like also oh yeah yeah another thing which is also hilarious when teenage Dom is on the headset yeah. right when his dad's driving around it's literally like it's like it's like uh the the track is basically NASCAR it's just just an oval track yeah, yeah. and and his his dad's driving right and it's like well he knows what's coming up like it's the same you just turn left the whole time right and is uh <laughs> don't tell that to NASCAR <laughs> drivers. Yeah, and his dad, like, I know it is difficult, I know, but the <laughs> t- teenage Dom is talking to his dad on the headset and goes, the left's coming up, dad, left's coming up. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is <laughs> this is a, an oval track. He's driving around the same direction the whole time. You don't need to tell him the left's coming up. Yeah, You'll be telling him that get, every 10 he's seconds. He's going to get pitted into the wall by that son of a bitch <laughs> who he beat up with a wrench. In the, in the doesn't change the fact that the track never changes. No. Left's coming up, dad. You know, come on. <laughs> I, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't speak to the difficulty of driving those, but it is quite funny giving advice to someone who's literally just driving in an oval for the just put the put the parking <laughs> the parking lock the steering wheel lock on the on the on, on the handlebars so it's just oh, forty five yeah. degrees. Also, angle. like the ups and downs of the Jacob tampering with the engine storyline. Oh. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I think there was five twists yeah. in that story. Shakespearean, like, a Shakespearean tragedy. <laughs> the thing that really annoys me about that story is that it turns out that Dom was wrong and never once does he say sorry to like Jacob for for like essentially yeah. kicking him out of his home and, and sending him away from his family for something that could have been resolved with a simple conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I, I thought I actually did think it was quite cool the moment where like the, the ultimatum of like you know if I win you keep driving. Yeah, and like he literally and I just took that as a metaphor. But then when it just, <laughs> there he goes, finished, he, he literally just kept driving. <laughs> yeah. I was like, actually, that was I actually quite like that visually. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, it's good, and and you know, it's it, I think those two younger younger actors played the parts pretty well. Um, it's nice mm-hmm. to have confirmation that Dom Toretto has literally never changed his fashion sense. Like he was wearing white vest and short sleeve shirts when he was 16 and he's wearing them when he's 53 <laughs> it doesn't matter um but uh yeah yes okay well i think that's probably gonna do it for us here um for uh for discussing fast nine i i enjoyed it it sounds like anthony perhaps slightly less so um it's hard it's a hard one it's a really it's a really weird gray zone where i i didn't dislike what i was watching and i have to sort of get off my high horse about it but at the same time <laughs> I really like there was no 
there was no risk in this. No. The script was not the script was not good. <laughs> it was full of tropes. But you know what? Is that a bad thing? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, go in knowing what you're going to get, and you, like you probably already mm-hmm. know if you're going to enjoy this movie. To be honest, yeah. Um, but this leaves us then with uh, one simple question to answer, as we always do on the best movie podcast ever, which is, of course, Anthony. What's your favorite movie? The Greatest Showman. Oh no, <laughs> mine's Fast Five. That movie's great. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, <laughs> is that what's called Fast Five? Oh my god. Like, okay, so it's the Fast F5. and the, the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> no, so it's the Fast and the Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious. The Fast and the Furious. Tokyo Drift. Fast and Furious. Fast Five. Fast and Furious Six. Fast and Furious Seven. <laughs> fast Eight. F Nine. Is, oh no, sorry. Fa- the Fate of the Furious is far like also kind of sometimes called uh, uh, Fast Eight, and then F Nine. There's just no consistency. Anyway, Fast and, Fu- Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw. I- I'm Fast actually- and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. That's a hard, it's a oh, spinoff now. Yeah. It's also it's funny they say Fast and Furious presents, but now in the new poster it says F Nine the Fast Saga. So like, they didn't even say the Fast Saga. There's no rules. It, it's mental. But I, I don't know what it, I'm. We'll, Listener, you'll know what I titled this this uh, podcast. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to call it. Should I go with F9? Should I go with Fast and Furious 9? I don't know what. You'll see. Yep. Let's let's find out together. I'll I'll be I'll be looking forward to, <laughs> to finding that out <laughs> yeah, as yeah, much yeah, as the yeah. listeners. Oh my goodness. Thank you to Nancy Wire and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song. Uh, check out their stuff in the uh, in the link below. And thank you to you for joining us. Please consider subscribing. We are the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps and we are the Culture Cave on uh, on YouTube. And get involved in the comments. Let us know what you've been watching this week and what you thought of this movie if you saw it. Uh, and we will see you same time, same place next week. And cut.